Roker? Yeah. Oh, I wasn't expecting you to answer. I've never called your cell phone and you've actually answered. <laughs> and the first time for everything. Did I interrupt you while you were running shirtless on a treadmill watching The Shield? Uh, no, I, you know, I, well, my wife got me a, um, for Christmas, a half uh, elliptical, half, you know what those recumbent types are? No, what, what is that? Is that something that people who have strokes use to try to get their leg moving again? Well, that's possibly, but okay, so like you've got a regular stationary bicycle, right? Yeah. The recumbent bike is the one where you're kind of lean, you're, lean, you're leaned back, and you're pumping your legs, you're not up on handlebars. Uh-huh. So now I work out, I, I work out shirtless <laughs> on the recumbent bike <laughs> and watch the shield. You've seen every episode of The Shield when they happen live, and you've watched every episode over and over, but still to this day, when you run on a treadmill, you only watch the same episodes of The Shield over and over again, right? Is that correct? I, I, call, it, I call it The Shield Diet. And, <laughs> like, literally, at, at this moment, I am on the second to last episode of the series. And then you'll start over again as soon as uh, that ends? You'll start season one again? Well, see, and my wife was saying, my, my wife was like, you know, you watch The Shield over and over for like 10 years now. Why don't you watch something different? You keep talking about how you want to watch Mad Men. You keep talking about how you want to watch Breaking Bad. Why don't you watch Breaking Bad instead? Take a break from The Shield. Watch Breaking Bad. Watch Mad Men. And I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. But the reason I haven't done that is because I've seen every episode of The Shield. So if I start wheezing or something or <laughs> gasping for air, yeah. I don't have to pay attention for like <laughs> those two minutes while I'm like waiting for my inhaler to kick in. And, and you know what? I, I totally understand because every night probably for the last 90 nights, I've watched Swingers on my iPad when I go to sleep. And you're right. It's just because you could kind of have it out in the background and not really pay attention, but you could still really enjoy it. Exactly. And, and, you know, if I were to watch Breaking Bad, I would have to, I'd be pausing it, rewinding it, going, what did he say? Uh, <laughs> did I miss something? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, and, like, when, so, when, when you're turning the speed up on your treadmill and stuff, it's like, you know, you're not you're not paying full attention to the show. And, and Breaking Bad deserves your full attention. Just like when you first started watching The Shield, that got your full attention. You know, you weren't on a treadmill during the first run. It's, it's the same thing when I'm eating. <laughs> if, if, I'm, if I'm eating, like I'll watch, like, you know, some, like, oh, what can I watch while I'm eating? Uh, oh, I recorded a last Tosh.0. Oh. But I don't have to pay attention to that while I'm yeah. eating. You're not going to watch Game of Thrones while you're eating. <laughs> right, exactly. Let me ask you this, Roker. Do you shower after these? Because these, these aren't, like, intense workouts. This is a 45-minute. I'm assuming you are you have the, the treadmill on, like, two, right? You don't have it on, like, 15, right? No, I have the treadmill. When I do the treadmill, I do three and a half at a five incline. Wow, really? That's more than I do. So you're actually running. You're not just walking. I'm, I'm fast. I'm fast walking. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not running. I'm not <laughs> jogging. I'm not, I, I, Get to the point where it's a, you know, it's a brisk walk. I picture you doing, like, one of those uh, fast walkers wearing one of those Under Armour shirts walking down, like, you know, really fast down Lakeshore Drive. Yeah, except it's not an Under Armour shirt. It's like the Under Armour shirt from Target. <laughs> exactly. 
Shouldn't only guys who look like The Rock wear Under Armour shirts? I know, exactly. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't subject anybody to that. I, I mean, I'll wear that under, like, my softball uniform yeah. or something. Or, you know, I mean, like, as it is in Cambridge. Uh, but no, you'll never catch me, like, out in public, like, just wearing, like, a, a thin Under Armour shirt. No. And you'll always see guys with breasts and really limp arms wearing Under Armour shirts. And it's like, dude, that's the worst shirt you could ever wear for your body type. I think that, I mean, but I think it's probably they wear it as a uh, psychological. Eventually they're going to look good in it? Right. Or they, or maybe they look worse. You know, because that's, that's how we are. Fat people are like, you know, wow, I, I lost 20 pounds. That's, I, I look great. I mean, it's the equivalent of like a, you know, a deck chair off the Titanic, but <laughs> in, your, in your mind, you're like, oh, I lost 20, let's, you know, let's show it off. You know, you're right, because when a fat person who weighs 350 pounds loses 30 pounds, they forget that they still weigh 320 pounds. Exactly. And, and you're exactly. right. I know so many. And then right away, they go right to the skinny jeans, right to the skin-tight polo shirt. And it's like, when you lose weight quick, you have the loosest stomach ever. And that looks horrible with a skin-tight shirt on. And, and they, for some reason, I think, remember, do you ever see the movie Mask with Rocky Dennis? Long time ago, but yes. There's a part in the movie where he goes in a funhouse and his face looks normal. And it's like he sees him, he, when he looks in the mirror, he finally sees himself looking like a, with a normal guy. I think that's how fat people are when they lose weight. When they look in the mirror, they don't see the fat guy 30 pounds lighter. They see the fat guy skinny because they're just comparing it to when they weighed 350. And any kind of advancement for them is, is like victory. So, like, they're going to put on the Affliction shirt or the Under Armour shirt. But the, the, the weird thing about that is that ends, and then it reverses. So, when you, um, you, uh, you immediately lose weight, and you lose, like, 20 pounds or whatever, you see that. You, you see that. You don't realize that you still weigh, you know, 300 pounds, and you're like, oh, man, I lost a, a ton of weight. And then maybe you might even lose more weight. You might even lose more weight to the point where... Other people have actually seen that you lose weight. That's when you start seeing yourself as still fat. And you go, the diet isn't working, and you start to creep back up again. Then you end up weighing more than the original weight. And then you end up weighing more. I remember when I was was in my 20s, I did a uh, Nutrisystem, and it worked great. It worked worked fantastic. I was in the best shape of my life. Um, it, it, this is like when Scaremasters first came out, and I was I was working a split shift at the time. I was on V one hundred three. I was working a split shift at the time, so I was I was I was doing traffic in the morning. Then I would leave there, go to the gym, work out on the um, Scaremaster, and then go back to work. So I was in the best shape of my life when I started to put the weight back on. Because what ends up happening is you literally because of your just the, your metabolism going back it is, you literally have to keep up what you're doing to maintain. So when that starts to slack off, I'll, I, I'll tell you, that weight came back so fast that I don't even remember it coming back. <laughs> I, I don't even, I don't even, I couldn't tell you for a million bucks how long it took me to gain the weight back. Well, you know what's funny? I gained it back plus like 60 pounds. 
Well, you don't realize it because, you know, let's, okay, let's say you, you weighed 300, you got down to 200, right? When you weigh yourself and you're 203, you don't give a shit. And then when it's 207, you still don't give a shit. And when it's 215, you're like, oh, well, I'm only 15 pounds away. And before you know it, you're back up to 290. See, this is one of the reasons why now, and it's taken me a lifetime to learn this, I don't get on the scale anymore. The only time I'm on the scale is when I'm at the doctor's office. Well, see, that's bad, because then you, that, that's when you get that, like, shocking news that you gained 45 pounds. Well, no, that's not, it's not bad, and, this is, and you would think it's bad, but this is, it took me a lifetime to learn this. Because what happens is, if you check the scale, and then especially if you're doing... You know, and if you're fat, you, you've done it all, right? Weight Watchers, uh, you know, um, Nutrisystem. Um, when you ever heard of a diet where it's like lemon juice with like cayenne in it and stuff you like that? You did that shit, too. <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are like, there's like, there's like somebody's like 135 pounds going, what the hell are they talking about? You, you, you do those things, and then you get on the scale every day, and you start obsessing about it. Half a pound, quarter pound, one pound. Oh, no, I did all this stuff this week, and it didn't, and it didn't move. And that's when you start getting discouraged. But the fact of the matter is, you know if you're gaining weight or losing weight by how your clothes fit, by how you feel, stuff like that. And you use that as a gauge. You don't obsess over it as much. See, I'm the exact opposite of you. I weigh myself every morning, and I first of all, I have to be completely naked because I don't want any clothing ruining it, and I can't weigh in on any other scale except for my scale because I know if I see something different, it's going to make me either you know, feel like, oh, no, I really weigh this much, or, oh, great, I weigh less. Now I could eat more. So I, I have to keep it consistent every morning. When you weigh in every morning and you gained like seven pounds in one day, it's crazy to see that. Like that happens sometimes. Like you'll gain seven pounds. Oh, if you you know if you could, you could gain that if you went to a movie the night before and ate popcorn and had all the all the salt in your system and it's all water or whatever. But you'll you'll completely freak out. See, that's why that's why I don't do it. It is good to weigh on the. It is good to weigh on the same scale each time because it doesn't matter if the scale is off or not if, because it's the same scale. So it's still going to be correct whether or not you've lost or gained weight. Your weight may not be correct, but whether or not you lost five pounds or gained five pounds will be correct. You should see when I go to the doctor, when I, when I weigh, do you always gain weight? Is it always like the big bomb, like the bombshell? Like, are you two seventy five or two ninety five this time? Well, it's it's you know, it's really weird. Like in the last few years, it's like my weight hasn't fluctuated. It hasn't fluctuated that much. I don't think it's gone more than five pounds either way in the last couple of years. I wish that the scale were in the doctor's in the examination room. It would be like I was getting inducted into the army. I'd be in my underwear in socks. <laughs> You know, but unfortunately, it's like in the hallway by like the reception station. Yeah. So I can't take off my pants, yeah. and I can't, I can't do that. I can empty everything out of my pocket, take off off my watch, and it's and it's and, and this is how fast people think. Like I just went to the doctor a week ago, right? So I go to the doctor. I've got on my clothes, my jeans, whatever, and I'm going. And I come back in two months. 
I'm going to weigh less because I'll be wearing shorts. <laughs> so you go in wearing like a Scotty Pippen outfit? I'll, 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 I'll come in wearing like shorts and flip flops, you know, and like the end of June. I'll go, that, ought to, that ought to give you a pound and a half or two right there. That's how, that's how fat people think. Isn't it funny the way skinny people weigh in, too? They'll be wearing, like, Doc Martens, a huge chain, a jacket, and they still only weigh 165 with all that shit on? There, there's some people that just they can't, can't wait to save their life. They, they, just, they just eat whatever they want, and, and nothing happens. But then you have a kid, and that all changes. Well, that's the problem. Once you get too comfortable, you stop caring, and then the meals get bigger. You're always out at these big dinners. Like, no normal human being needs what you eat at a restaurant. Like, I'll go to a restaurant, the appetizer alone, that's a meal. Like, that's all you should eat for the whole meal, but that's just kicking things off. Then you eat this humongous, like, steak with three sides, um, you know, then you all these drinks on top of it, and then you have a dessert at the end. That's enough food for, like, three days that you're eating in one meal. I, I always end up ordering too much. Like, if I go to a steak restaurant... The, the first thing, like, you know, if you're at, like, Applebee's, you're, like, at Applebee's, okay, you're, like, uh, whatever. But if you're, like, at a steakhouse or something like that, you're, like, well, hell, I'm at a steakhouse. So I'm going to get what I want, and, you know, if I'm going to pay this kind of money, I might as well get what I want. So let's see. Uh, let's have the, you know, let's have the Caesar salad, and I'll take the fresh onion soup as well. <laughs> and... <laughs> Meanwhile, they bring bread. You eat like three pieces of bread, yeah. Yeah, you're slathered in butter. Hey, have you ever gone to a steakhouse and you're literally full after the bread? I've had that oh. happen before. But I'm like, I'm not gonna be able. It's like, it's like the food's not even here, and I'm not even gonna be able to to eat it because I've eaten bread, I've eaten salad, I've butter. eaten soup. It's like, okay, let's get the cream spinach and fries and. It's all the shit that you got. For, you're, you're in a place where you're going to spend $300 for two people. And the stuff you eat that gets you full is the shit that they put on the table before you even sit down that's just free. Like the crackers, the bread, the butter. Uh, some kind of like, some places have little things they put on the tables. After you eat all that shit that was free, you're completely full. And then you gorge yourself and pay $300. You could just leave after all the stuff they give you for free and be full. I keep telling myself. Don't eat the bread. Don't eat the bread. Don't eat the bread. <laughs> and then they'll bring out, then it's like the bread assortment where it's like pumpernickel and like yeah. raisin bread and like five types of bread. So I'm like, okay, I'll just have some, you know, then you still end up three pieces of bread. With like an ice cream scoop of butter sitting next to it? Oh, yeah, we'll bring you like a ramekin full of butter. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. See, I'm, I didn't mean to sound like <laughs> so so we were out the other night and we were hanging out with some friends and this girl told me that i look exotic right and then i'm like so what's roker because you know you're you're a black guy so is black considered exotic or is it like a guy like me who's just brown that could pass for anything that's exotic but why isn't black exotic then I, I said, boy, they called a lot of things. I don't, uh, exotic, I never yeah, yeah, I've never heard the word exotic being referred to about me. I'm like, exotic? Yeah. I, I guess you'd be exotic if you, I mean, I guess somebody would be exotic if you haven't hung around them very often. That nationality or that race or whatever, you know? 
Yeah, so like if you went to like um, Sweden, you would be exotic, right? I guess so. Well, yeah, definitely in Sweden. <laughs> you meet some girl in Sweden, oh, you're very exotic. Yeah. I'd be, uh, well, they, they took me behind a glass and and, uh, and uh, have people stare at me, but I'd be fat and black. Let me ask you this, Roker. As a black guy, do you think that anyone that you've walked down the street past could ever identify you in a lineup? <laughs> when I walk down the street, I don't know if I look imposing or what. No one looks at me. Everyone turns their head until I pass them by. I'm guessing that you have the same thing where no one will make eye contact when you walk past them. They just turn their heads so they don't have to look at you. Because that's how it is with me. When I, I don't know if I look imposing or what. But when I walk down the street, no one, like they turn their head to the side acting like they're looking at something. So I was thinking that there's no way, if I rob this bank right now, this person who just walked right in front of me would never be able to identify me in a lineup. And I, I figure you have the same problem. Well, you know what? I, 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 black people make eye contact. Black people make eye contact. Black people say hello. Black people will just, will, will, like, if I'm walking in my neighborhood or whatever, you know, we give each other the sup. You know, the, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about white people, not black people. Okay, well, well uh, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't really noticed. No, I you, never, but black people do, do always make eye contact. Next time you walk down the street, like downtown somewhere, just notice if the people who, especially if you're by yourself, you're walking like in my neighborhood, like by Wicker Park or something like that. Walk down Ashland, walk past a white girl and see what she does. See if she turns well, her head as you're approaching, acting like she's looking at across the street or pretending like she's looking at her phone. It's always some act so that they don't have to make eye contact with you. What my, the problem I always have is. How do how do white women react when you're walking behind them <laughs> on the sidewalk? They start. They either pretend. You know what they do? They either stop where they which they stop for no reason. You could they be stop walk- to do something, tie a shoe, whatever. Exactly, just so they could see who's creeping behind them. But they'll they'll stop, but they'll be up against the wall. Like if you're walking past a building. They'll stop so that their back is against the wall, and then they'll either pretend like they're looking for something or look at their phone or tie their shoe. They always have some fake reason to stop. I always I always do this. If I'm walking, because I walk a lot because I take the bus and the train a lot. So, I mean, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm you know, I'm walking, you know, long distances. Yeah. But, you know, I'm walking half a mile stretches at a time because I'm walking from the bus to wherever or the train or whatever. And, um, like, especially, like, okay, like, if I'm going to, uh, like, McGee's, okay, I got to, which is over by DePaul, I got to get off the Fullerton train, turn the corner there where the Dominic's used to be, and walk about half a mile till I get to where McGee's is. And there's always students and stuff walking there. And what I do if I'm walking behind a white woman is I will speed up and get in front of her. <laughs> you do that as a courtesy. I do it as a courtesy. <laughs> I do it as a courtesy just so they're not just thinking, who is this guy and he's going to rob me or rape me. <laughs> and... You're you know, I'm looking to like Rick Springfield on like yeah. my, you know, yeah. 
on my iPhone. You're listening to Duran Duran. Right, right. Wearing a shirt with your name on it so they can identify you if anything happened. <laughs> Have you heard about Tinder? Do you know anything about it? No, what is that? It's a new dating app, right, where it's on your iPhone and you swipe and you look at, like, girls. And, and you, if you – the way it works basically is you say you like them or you don't like them, right? And then they also look at a bunch of random pictures and they say if they like or don't like. And if, if you like someone – who also liked you, then it connects you guys, and you guys can, like, text each other through the Tinder app, and then from there it, like, moves on. Okay, okay, yeah, I have heard about this, yeah. Have you done this? I have have not, but check this out. So a buddy of mine was crying to me about, you know, he broke up with his girlfriend, and I told him, I'm like, the minute you have some other girl down by your balls, that's the minute you'll forget about your ex-girlfriend. Like, you're going to be worried... isn't that right? Like you could you could sit there and cry about a girl for three years. The minute you have a new girl doing something to you, that's the minute you completely forget about that other girl, and, and you don't even remember why you like the other girl. And that's true. There was I, I saw on I forget while I was watching, but they they um you know they put a statistic up that said something like eighty percent of women who cheat on their husband are unhappy, but only 35% of the men that cheat on their wives are unhappy. Cheating has nothing to do with being happy or unhappy. You just want something different. Yeah. You know, that's why only 35% of the men who cheat are unhappy. They don't want, they're not cheating because they're unhappy. They're cheating because they just want something different. That's all. Well, I always say this. You could see the hottest girl walking down the street with her boyfriend and every guy around is staring at her ass, staring at her. Everyone except for that guy who's walking next to her, who's looking at someone else. That's it. I mean, that's, you know, the hottest, you know, you run into the hottest girl in the world. Somewhere there's some guy that is sick of it. So my buddy, he's like, oh, I'm going to get on Tinder. I'm like, oh, I, I think that's like creepy. Like, I think it's going to be all just like disgusting chicks and like spam. He got on Tinder. He show he was like showing me like how it works. I swear to God, every other girl on there was hot. I couldn't believe it. The question is that if these chicks are so hot, why do they need to use a dating app to get a date? Well, th- this isn't like going on Match dot com or anything. This is a free app. You connect it through your Facebook account. And it's just real easy. In other words, you only have to talk to the people who you liked and they liked. Like, let's say you scroll past a girl that you liked. If she doesn't like you, then that's it. There's no you'll you'll never know if she even saw your picture. You only know right. if you liked it and she liked it, which is a pretty cool concept. But I was shocked, and he actually went out with a girl and hooked up with her off Tinder, and he showed me. I mean, who knows if he's lying? If, if those weren't the right, but I, I don't know why he would lie about it. And she looked super hot and he was showing, I'm like, wow, you really got a needle in a haystack. He's like, no man. He's like, there, there's a lot of them. And then he showed me like some of his, and this isn't even a good looking guy. He looks okay. You know, he's not a guy that you right. would think could, could bang these. High. And he said, you know, I'm, these girls are way hotter than the girl I was crying about. And, uh, it, it's unbelievable. I, I couldn't believe it. Well, now that I think about it, it's a great concept because since the only since the only people that respond to you are people that like you, um, that takes that's half the battle right there. It's kind of like if you're on Facebook, every hot girl there's a Facebook chat section 
that every hot girl knows about because a bunch of creeps will always send them or their private messages on Facebook that they never answer. This is kind of like that. Only they're guys that they already like. And so and he got he hooked up with this girl. He 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 banged her first night they went out, and he hooked up with her. I mean, she might bang everyone that she goes out with, but she oh, looked right, right. She, she looked really good on the pictures. I was shocked. But the thing I noticed while I was scrolling through these pictures. Do you notice that every girl for their profile picture loves to have um, themselves in a sea of ugliness? Like they'll have their two ugliest friends next to them and they look like perfect in the middle. And it's always the most fucked up because every girl on here, I, I, I assume it's their Facebook profile picture. That's the Tinder picture. And every profile picture were two disgusting girls and then the girl in the middle who just looked absolutely. Because, you know, when you stand next to it's like putting... um you know, if you stand next to dog shit, you're going to look better type right. mentality. Right. So I had the you idea. You don't know which one she is or, you know, I just assume she's a fat one. You don't know <laughs> which one she is. It, you know, it's like, it, it, it's, it's obviously the fat one. Because if it was a good looking one, it would just be a picture of her by herself. No, no, no. What I'm saying is that girls, uh, this is more for Facebook than Tinder. Girls put pictures of themselves up with uglier girls so that they could look better. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure they do. Absolutely. So I actually have an idea. Uh, I want to open up a company that will make... Because every girl is looking for that perfect profile picture. And my idea is to take... We would first of all, the hard part would be hiring unattractive girls. Because that's their, <laughs> their job is basically to be the unattractive girls in the pictures. And what we're going to do is we take pictures that we'll like light it perfectly so it looks like they're out at a bar and we'll get the girl who comes into our office, we'll put her in hair and makeup, make her look glamorous, get the lighting on her perfect and then make it look like it's just a picture out at a bar and then we'll supply the ugly girls to put in the picture with her. Wow, that's going to be a hard ass to place, man. That, that, <laughs> I, <laughs> good luck with that one. <laughs> but wouldn't that be an awesome business? Like we could tell them you could have the best profile picture and you're in, you're just in the middle of a bunch of shit. So you're going to look awesome. It makes, it makes sense. It makes sense. I don't know how you're going to get girls to do it, but it makes sense. I mean, it's going to have to be the biggest piece of shit girls that will do it the, <laughs> most, the most. I mean, we, and, and here, here's the beauty of it. The girls in normal Facebook profile pictures that are the ugly girls, guess what? They're going to be the hot girl. If they come into our office, we're going to make it so that, like, there's going to be different levels. Like, no hot girl wants to be in a picture with, like, a 10 doesn't want to be in a picture with two ones, but maybe the 10 wants to be in a picture with two sevens. So if a three walks in, we're going to put her in there with two ones, and we're going to make her look even better with hair and makeup. And you have the other person going, I, where is this bar? I never want to go into this bar. People here are ugly. <laughs> I think it could be a good business. If we find there's a lot of vain girls out there, if we charge them like 50 to to $100 and we bring in 20, 30 clients a day, that's a real business. Well, good luck to you on that one. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not so sure you're going to find, but, you know, I've seen girls do a lot, um, a lot worse than that, so... Just, <laughs> you may find somebody. Who knows? I just think that female uh, attractiveness is a lot more black and white than male handsomeness. Like you could, most people will tell you if a girl looks good, but for guys, like I didn't even realize that Bradley Cooper was a good-looking guy until Hangover came out. Like when I saw him in Wedding Crashers, 
I just assumed that Owen Wilson was the better looking out of the two guys because they portrayed him as a guy that that uh, Rachel McAdams left for Owen Wilson. So until Hollywood told me that Bradley Cooper is a good looking guy, I had no idea. So you don't have a you don't have a you can't even you don't think Brad Pitt is good looking or George Clooney. It's not always. I'm just saying that a guy like Bradley Cooper, who now I know is a good looking guy. Right. How could you look at that guy and just know he's good looking? Like we have a friend of ours that we went out with the other night and it's the same thing. Every girl wants to bang him and I didn't even know he was good looking until I and and once once I found out he was good looking, now when I look at him I'm like, "Oh yeah, he is a good looking guy." But I I almost need someone to tell me that a guy is good looking for me to realize he's good looking. To to verify it. Yeah, it's like if every girl wanted to bang the Undertaker, I would start looking at The Undertaker as an attractive guy. Like, oh, you know what? I, I guess The Undertaker is pretty attractive. And, you know, I guess you're right, because our friend that you're talking about, I never really looked at him as good-looking. I don't look at him as good-looking. At this point, I think that I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying to myself, he's not as good-looking as he thinks he is or as the chicks think he is. I'm that ugly girl in your in your in your new world venture. Instead of looking, because he's hanging with me. <laughs> that's true. Maybe that's why he's getting laid. He hangs out with you every night. That could be the reason. Because <laughs> you know, I don't see it. I don't. I mean, yeah, fine, good looking or fire, you know, whatever. Like, but for the amount of um, success that. Have? Um, wow! I mean, really? I mean, even Ryan, even Ryan Mano. Like, I didn't know he was good looking. And I mean, when we first I met him when I was nineteen, I didn't know he was a good looking guy until I was told he was. And now, now when I look at him, I'm like, oh yeah, he is a good looking guy. But like I said, you could tell me right now that the Undertaker. If every girl wants to bang the Undertaker, then I would start looking at him differently. I'm like, oh yeah, you know what? He does have a nice face, or you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see your point because, uh, yeah, I don't consider I don't consider um, the person that we were talking about to be like gorgeous. You know, I don't even know what the you know yeah. like like oh like oh my god, you know. But, but <laughs> apparently, he is. I don't know. Uh, a couple more things, Rogan. Before I, I, I know you need to get back to uh, the last two episodes of the Shield. Uh, <laughs> so the big story was the Donald Sterling thing. Um, who has the half Mexican, half black girlfriend? He scolded her for putting up pictures on Instagram with black people, and then in the recording he said, "I don't care if you fuck them. I don't care." He he basically told her he doesn't care if she has sex with Magic Johnson, who's HIV positive, but she doesn't want he doesn't want any pictures of her and Magic Johnson. Could you be any more racist? Is there any is there any guy who's less sexual than Magic Johnson on Earth? There is no guy anywhere that any girl would look at less sexual. Like, the guy has HIV. No girl would ever be attracted to him at this point. He's like Big Bird. Like, he's like Elmo. He's not, he has no sexuality to him at all. And that's how, that's how just plain racist Donald Sterling is that he looks at Magic Johnson and all he sees is black. All he sees is black. And, uh, yeah. Well, he's got, he's going to get what he deserves. He officially has the most expensive side action in sports history. He took the crown from Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods had to pay 
like $80 million to his wife because of his side action. Donald Sterling right. lost the Clippers because of his side action. That is the most expensive piece of ass of all time. And the Clippers, when he bought them, were like worth $15 million. And they're worth like $515 million now. And and he just got lucky too because he was always the guy who would never pay his players, and because of the collective bargaining agreement, he was forced to pay the salary cap. Right, exactly. How about the fact that no one is even mentioning the fact that he's married? <laughs> I know. And he was at dinner with his wife the next day, and she was defending him. She's like, no, you guys are crazy. Why don't she say, wait a minute, he's fucking this other 30-year-old girl. She doesn't even care. Oh, no, 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 no you guys are crazy. That up. Yeah. yeah, why is anyone bringing that up? No one cares. She's cool with it? It's like, you know, you turn on whatever sports center or whatever, they were talking about it, they're like, was there ever an information that Donald Sterling uh, was this kind of a guy? <laughs> He's married, and the, and the picture that they keep showing of him is a picture of him at the Clippers game with his girlfriend. <laughs> Doesn't it just show you that no matter how powerful and how rich you are, you're just still the, the same guy that all of us are dealing with the same bullshit? Yeah, you're the same person. Although you just once you once you're rich, obviously this guy just feels like he's entitled and he can get away with with anything. I started thinking about Mark Cuban. Remember when there was such an uproar when like Mark Cuban would talk about the rest or something like that? <laughs> yeah. And he did and he just fined like a hundred thousand dollars. I was yeah. watching this documentary on like C N B C about Mark Cuban and how he made his money and all that stuff. And they go, He's been fined. 15 times by the NBA for over a million and a half dollars. The biggest fines in NBA history. Talk about the referees. That seems pretty, uh, pretty small compared to yeah. what this guy said. Pretty tame, you know, pretty tame compared pretty, to, a, to honestly, a modern-day plantation owner who's forcing his black men to work and make him money and then having sex with the black women. And then not wanting, and then not wanting anything to do with them, and you know, treating them like animals. That's what he's doing. Like, oh, you're my property. You know, you do what I say. You're supposed to be a white or Latina girl. Like, it's crazy. And that's why it's such a big, a big deal to those players. A big deal to Doc Rivers, the head coach, because it's not just what he said was racist. Not just that the guy was a racist. It's that the guy. He's, I mean, he literally just sees a bunch of monkeys running around. Yeah, and, and all he sees is black. That's literally a, what he sees. He just sees, you know, he's just laughing all the way to the bank, and he sees a bunch of monkeys with a ball, tossing it around, while he goes and, and casts his checks and makes millions of dollars. And, you know, i, I got to get props to Doc Rivers. I don't know how he held that team together to come out there and play that next game, because you know... None of them did. You know, none of them wanted to step foot back in that arena as long as she had something to do with it. Donald Sterling had something to do with it. Never, you know, how, would you want to make that guy another dime? 
Which is what they're doing, a sold-out playoff game. That's so. That's millions of dollars right in his pocket. Every time, as a matter of fact, it's just revenue because if they got eliminated today, that would be less money. The more games they win, the more money that goes directly in his pocket. Well, yeah, once you're in the playoffs, that's all gravy. Yep. That's all, it's all extra cash. Um, the longer you're in, the better it is for you, the better it is for you. So it's incredible that uh, Doc Rivers is able to hold them together. And now the Clippers are the most popular team in sports now. Now the whole world is rooting for the Clippers. And now Magic Johnson might buy them. So <laughs> that would be great. And, oh, everybody in their mother might buy them. Magic Johnson might buy them. Oprah might buy them. You know who else? Uh, you know who else I saw wants to buy them? Dr. Dre, who's the only uh, rapper yeah. who's the only rapper in the world who currently still uses the word faggot. So if Dr. Dre <laughs> is if, if, if Dr. Dre is the most homophobic rapper ever, if Dr. Dre is allowed to buy the Clippers, that would be such hypocrisy. It would be ridiculous. Yeah. I- I remember, I love the way it's like, uh, you know, I, I love his music, I love Q, you know, and it's like, I got to laugh, and it's, hey, it's like, hey, are we there yet? And it's like, wait a minute, I remember when you were talking about fucking chicks with broomsticks. <laughs> exactly. The, the race thing aside with Donald Sterling, getting into a relationship with this young girl, I always say... They're both equally using each other. Donald Sterling, without that money, being 80 years old, would never get a piece of ass like that. And this girl, who's obviously a moron, would never be able to live the high life like she gets to live with Donald Sterling. So I always say, when it goes down in flames, even with Hugh Hefner, right? Hugh Hefner and that crystal, everyone felt sorry for him. How do you feel sorry for him? He's using her hotness the same way that she's using his money. They're both both getting what they want. They're both getting what they want. And isn't he getting the better deal anyway because he has endless money? And now she has... Could you imagine having to suck on those old balls? Donald Sterling <laughs> Donald Sterling was fat. I mean, Donald Sterling is disgusting. Could you imagine having to make out with him? You're this hot girl. You're laying on top of an 80-year-old man with a huge gut with, like, dry lips and shit and making out with him? Can you imagine that? Yeah, but, you know, and he's, all she's seeing is, like, She's staring at the ceiling, right, in the bedroom as the rich, and all she's seeing is dollar signs on that ceiling. But she earned her That's money. It. My point is that she's right. earning every dollar of that money. Right, yeah, you're right. You're right. That's how she sees it, too. Look at that visor she's been wearing. Visor? She's been going around so that you can't see her face. She's almost been wearing like a, like a blackjack dealer's over her face. <laughs> I saw her wearing like Cobra Commander's helmet from G.I. Joe. <laughs> well, we saw the same thing. Yeah. Just a different description, but yeah. This is a perfect example of why I think to, to settle things in the Middle East or any kind of race relations anywhere, you take two groups who hate each other, okay? And then you take the hottest girl from one of the groups have her have sex with one of the guys from the other group, and that will solve all race issues. Because this guy is the most racist man I've ever seen in my life. Yet, when it comes to having sex, he's not racist at all. When she's on top of his fat ass, he has no problems with her being black. So I really think, to solve all race problems, if we just send hot chicks to these different parts of the race that they hate, and they have sex with them, that would solve all the problems they have. That makes sense. Why didn't somebody think of that sooner? <laughs> in Canada, Secretary of State. 
can you imagine that? I'm up there giving the speech on what we're going to do to solve race relations. All right, two more things, Roger, before I let you go. Um, two more racial things. Um, I didn't even notice this. Do you know that Mexican people don't RSVP to weddings? Like, you'll get an invitation, and there'll be no RSVP. I got a wedding invite to my friend Denise's wedding, and there was no RSVP, so I called her. I'm like, hey, uh, I think you forgot to put the RSVP in there, and she goes... Oh, uh, Mexicans don't do that. She's like, I'll just be texting you closer to the wedding. I'm like, oh, okay. I've never heard of that before. I, I like the idea. I think wedding invitations are a thing of the past. I mean, I think anything involving paper should just be done by now, right? That's true. And it also makes it easier to um, say you never got it, but you don't go. <laughs> and people are, are wondering why you didn't show. Oh, you yeah. can always say, oh, I, I, you know, I didn't get it. Oh, it must have so been in my like, spam folder. You know, there's always that one person that's, like, not on Facebook, like, you send out a Facebook invitation, whatever, or something, <laughs> and it's like, it's like, I wonder why so-and-so wasn't here. It's like, oh, that's right, they're not on Facebook. <laughs> no, there was even going yeah. on. We're at a point now where I don't know anyone's number, I don't know anyone's address. Like, I, when I was young, when I was a little kid, I knew everyone's physical address like if you said hey Abe, where does dan live i'd be like oh 65 uh, 25 south kedville or something like i would give right. you exact addresses it, what, oh what's dan's number oh this is his number this is his mother's number this is his sister's number i i don't even know my mom's house number i know her cell phone and my brother's cell phone and that's it i think i don't know any other numbers that's the reason people go such ape shit when they lose their phone or their phone crashes or whatever because we don't remember anybody's number. I don't know the number that I'm calling you on right now from my home studio. I do not know that number. <laughs> and that's in my I'm in my apartment right now. I do not know. You know better the number that I called you on than I know. Because I have no... I, I don't even know. Is it a 312 number I just called you on? I don't even know. This was... Uh, no, this was a 773. Oh, there you go. Oh, no, you know the number that you called me on? Yeah. Okay, see, I didn't even know that. See, that, that, that that's the problem. We're, 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 in a, we're, we're in a time where I don't even know my area code. Not even the number. I wasn't even sure what the area code is. Is it 773? Is it, uh, you know, 312? I have no idea. 708? I don't know. I got a phone call the other day, and it was something like that. 808, or it was something like that. And I'm like, well, I'm not speaking this shit. I don't know what this is. And it turns out it was like a Chicago area code. Oh, like it's a new Chicago area code. Yeah. It's not like 815, like Joliet or something. But it was like another, like, 8 number. But it was a Chicago area code. That well, number was 866, I think it was. Well, well, well that's, oh. the, that's the new thing, too. I will not answer a call unless it comes up Roker, Sam, Ryan, Bass, Sludge, Mom, Mike, Ricky. Like, any, I, I will not answer a call unless I... Any, any random cool number... Yeah, okay, yeah, um, yeah. E- even e- even <laughs> even if I even if I don't think it's a bill collector, I still won't answer it. I never answer a I never answer a call unless, like you said, unless the name comes up or the phone number comes up. You know that you're a lazy fuck when you're too like I've been lazy where I won't pick up the phone just because I'm too lazy to hit the button. Like I'll be laying in my bed like uh, <laughs> like. Or, or like, or where if if you need like you know something to drink, you're you're all out of everything, and you're too lazy to put on your shoes, like just to walk outside and like turn the corner and pick something up. That's how you know you're just a lazy fuck. I was too lazy the other day, honestly, to 
plug in my iPad to charge it. Like I didn't want to just, <laughs> I didn't want to bend over to plug in an iPad. Like, like that's extreme laziness. That's as lazy as you could possibly be. That's pretty. That's pretty bad. Yeah. That's pretty, I mean, there, I mean, there are the times where I will be asleep or whatever, or just laying in bed or whatever, and the phone will ring. Or you know, you'll get the group or get text. I'm like, I don't have the energy to turn over and look <laughs> at the phone. That's how I am. If, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, my, my my little table next to my bed is on like uh, you know like stage stage right, I guess you'd call it. So if I'm if I'm turned the other way and the phone rings or I hear a text, there's no way I'm going to roll over to look at it. I'm so lazy where I won't even so roll. Well. Rolling. <laughs> there's nothing lazier than rolling. I won't even roll. Yeah, well, imagine what the next generation is going to be like. They won't even crawl. No, they won't. Well, the next generation, everybody's going to work from home. I mean, they won't have to move. We really are. I'm, I'm very lucky. I'm 32 years old. I'm the last generation. My generation is the very last generation that got to see things on both sides of the fence. That's why I think my generation is a very important generation because we are the last people that understood what it was like to walk to your friend's house to like uh, call them out. You, you, you'd you have to call someone from your house phone and say, let's meet here at 7, and then you have to expect they're going to be there. there. There's no cell phones. I was in the last group of people right. who knew what it was like not to have a cell phone, not to have the internet, not to have all this technology, and I think that's a huge benefit to me because I get to see both sides, whereas kids today, a lot of them, they don't know any. They have like no personalities at all. They're, all they do is have their head in a computer all day, and I really think that it's going to fuck up this next, this current generation because they don't know any better. They don't know anything except for everything has to be at their fingertips. I used to go to Tower Records downtown to get Danzig CDs because no one sold them. I'd have to scour the city to get certain CDs. I'd have to walk and wait in line for concert tickets. These are all memories that I still talk about with my friends today, like, oh, hey, remember when we were waiting in line for the Van Halen tickets and it was raining? And These are all things that these kids will never get to experience. All their music is just right on iTunes. I remember walking all over the city for like eight hours to find a CD. Can you imagine? Even, I wouldn't even go to Best Buy right now to buy a CD if I had to get one. I would, I'd be, I would, I'd have no interest. I'd be like, oh, well, I'll, I'll just find it online somewhere. Like, I'm not going to drive in my car. This is back when I was a kid and I didn't even have a car. I had to walk. I was willing to walk eight hours to get a CD. Now I won't drive to get it. <laughs> I used to have to go and walk to get a record. <laughs> <laughs> see, you, you really got to see a lot of stuff. Like, you got, you've pretty much um, immersed yourself in technology. You're 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 of that generation before me, but you've accepted the new technology, and and you you know it's part of your life. So you really get to see all the different you know the different generations of stuff. Well, it was it was it was 21 years ago that like the internet became available to the public, and I still remember I didn't see the internet for about uh, maybe 94, 95, something like that. And being odd by go, wait a minute, there's like pictures coming up on this thing. What's, what's going on? <laughs> this is what? One of my, one of my, the thing that uh, my wife Claire, the thing, one of the biggest laughs I have with her annually, well, not annually, it's like whenever she meant to update her resume. 
this one year, which was like, you know, you know, it's like, oh, shoot, I need to update my resume. So it's like in the 2000s, right? It's like 2006 or something. And she's updating her, and her resume, and her resume is like, oh, you know, I'm proficient in, you know, well, at that point, like, word perfect, and, uh, <laughs> you know, it used to be like, I could type 60 words a minute, right? But then it was like, okay, I'm proficient. It was like, I'm proficient in word perfect. I'm proficient in Excel. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm proficient in facsimile. What? What's the last one? I'm proficient in facsimile. I don't even know what that is. Facsimile. It's a fax machine. <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it was called when it came out. Facsimile. And she still had that on her resume in 2014? She still was on her resume that she was proficient in facsimile. <laughs> so technically, she was talking about her incredible must have skill that she needed how she knew how to send a fax. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Roker, last thing I want to bring up with you. And I noticed this. By my apartment, there's tons of those meter maid guys walking around. And I actually, I feel sorry for them because I feel like people treat them like they're like Nazis. Like they're kind of, they're kind of following the orders of the Fuhrer, right? Because they don't want to, in other words, back when Hitler was around, he would kill you if you didn't do what he said. just orders. Yeah, whereas the, you know, the meter maid guys... They're just protecting their job. But I feel like they get treated the same way that Nazis get treated, only they don't kill people. Who wants a parking ticket? Who, who wants <laughs> a parking ticket? Who wants to pay a $50 ticket because you came out of a store five minutes after your meter expired and the guy's writing you the ticket while you're, while you're there? That person, the guy who's giving you the ticket, wouldn't want somebody to go on and give them the ticket. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. They, they're like Nazis. They're following orders. Like, do you really think all the Nazis want to line people up and just blow their brains out? I don't think they want to no. do it, a lot of them. I mean, I think they, they felt like they if they don't do it, they'll get killed. If these meter maids, you know, when they see, they don't give a fuck if it's your car or my car or John's car or whoever's car. They're just going to write the ticket because they're just, that's the job. You have to walk. When you see anything, and I'm sure they're on quotas where it's like, if you don't get 75 right, tickets it. every day, then you're fired. Well, I mean, they might not, uh, in addition to quotas, they might even, you know, get bonuses. Yeah, they probably do get they, bonuses. Yeah, I mean, they probably get bonuses. And so, you know, if you're, if you're getting a bonus for the amount of tickets for being the person with the most tickets, uh, then you're going to write, you don't care if somebody's one minute late. Yeah. We don't care if the, if the, if the thing's expired while they're um, getting into the car. You're going to write it. And it's kind of a messed up. Do you know those um, those blue light cameras we have in Chicago now? They give out parking tickets now because I just got one. Like, they give out tickets for parking in the wrong spot. My wife just got a ticket for double parking. See, it's crazy. And, and no cop was ever... Came up to her or anything. Me too. That's I'm telling you, it's those so blue it light a, cameras. It was a, it was a, a blue light camera because she doubled. Because wow, yeah, those cameras, those cameras now are giving those kind of tickets. That's how crazy it's gotten in Chicago. This is the most disgusting city ever, as far as like taxes, tickets. It's it's unbel. This city is unbelievable. Last thought, Roker, and it was uh, fun talking to you. If the NBA really wants to make a statement. 
Don't you think they should let Willy Wonka buy the Clippers because he's the only man who employed thousands of orange people? <laughs> yeah, a pretty good halftime show. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Can you imagine that? You're right, the halftime show. <laughs> yeah, the at halftime. Yeah, the, the, uh, the, the, the boat where everyone's on acid and stuff. <laughs> There's no earthly way of knowing which direction I am. Like, if that, that is the most fucked up. When you're a little kid watching that, you have no idea what's going on. I was a little, like, five-year-old kid. There's tarantulas, like, walking across someone's face. There's, like, weird colors splashing at the screen. What a fucked up scene that boat ride in Willy Wonka was. It's a, it's a, it's a really, and, and you don't realize that until you see it. When you're 20 or something. Yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, you have no idea. It's, like, it's all on, and you're like, wow, I, used to, I, I remember this when I was a kid. And you watch it, and you're like, this is fucked up. <laughs> like, how did my parents let me watch this? Actually, that whole movie is fucked up. Slugworth. Yeah, right, Slug- that's Yes, when, when, when he lets the Augustus Gloop go into the Chocolate River, he starts playing that little flute, like, do-do-do-do-do, uh, So he's like, stop, help him. Like, he doesn't even try to help him. I mean, the whole the whole movie is creepy. Right, well, I could talk to you all night, Roker. If you, you do your own show, how could people find your podcast, your Twitter, whatever, whatever? And then you're on other radio stations. Whatever you want to uh, talk about, go ahead. If you want to check out my podcast, go to alrokerjr.com or go to iTunes and search alrokerjr.com, Facebook page, alrokerjr, Twitter at alrokerjr, and then also on 87.7 The Game. Check me out there. Or if you want to check him out, you could just go to any bar where there's 19-year-old white women on a Saturday, and he'll be there drinking 75-cent beers. Yeah, right. If there's a dollar beer special, um, and you see just like a, a fat black guy sitting at the end of the bar, <laughs> that's probably me. So just come on up and say hello. Are we going to do that thing I was talking about? I want to go out wearing suits. Do you want to do that this weekend? Uh, well, yeah, we could. Well, I don't know about this weekend. Well, I'm not going to want to wear a suit when it's like 90 degrees. Oh, is it going to be? Much. Is it going to be 90 this weekend? No, it's not. It's going to be like. In the fifties. Well, then weekend. we should do That's it. That's fair. perfect. That's perfect suit weather. But and, and but go where? And just we go out to the normal place we would go. Only we'd be wearing suits. Just go foul. <laughs> so we stand out even more so. Just, no, just like swingers. You go out wearing the suit. Uh, that's possible. I could maybe. I could maybe be back. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable for me to wear a suit, dude. <laughs> It's so uncomfortable for a fat guy to wear a suit, really. See, I look pretty cool when I wear a suit. I, I'm sure I'm sure you do. It's like, <laughs> when I'm wearing a suit, it's like, God, it's like, when can I take the suit off? The thing about heavy guys, the tie never looks right. Like, it's either too long, too short, ripping at your neck. Oh, so that's why you got to go to the big man store. Because they got smart, and they give you, they give you extra long ties. So that when they curve around your belly, they still end up being a proper length. You don't look like Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> you know, I still, at 32 years old, and I went to a Catholic high school, I still do not know how to tie a tie. My mom would have to pre-tie all my ties and hang them up for me. That was one of the one things I was glad, you know, before my dad passed away when I was a kid, you know, he got to show me how to tie a tie. Now, the only problem is, I only know how to tie a tie the way ties worked in 1977. Like, I don't know, like, all these cool 
where you tie a tie. Yeah, you have that old school way. Right. And so mine's the old school way. I don't know how to have like a that big kind of you know, it's a like a, like a, it's a, for a wide collar, like you, you know. So you mean you can't tie a tie like Stuart Scott? I can't do a Stuart Scott, no. <laughs> I can I cannot do a Stuart Scott. All right, well, I'll let you go, Roker. Um, I'm sure I'll see you this weekend somewhere. All right, brother. Let's uh, yeah, let's uh, let's try and hook up. I'll holla, as they say. Yeah, let me know. Give me a heads up. Let's figure it out. Cool. All right. All right, later, man. Take it easy. Thanks.